So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. Whinge bags? Are they Are they not American? Whin- Americans, we don't say whinge. Ooh, Ooh, what do you say? Oh, this is interesting. What are you what are you on to here, Maria? They don't say whinge bags? We don't say whinge. We say wine. Exactly. Oh, maybe I wrote it down. Oh. <laughs> Smashing Security, Episode 117, Swats on a Plane, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 117. My name is Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. Hello, Carol. Hello. Can I grab the uh, microphone for a second? <laughs> yes, if you wish. Now, before we introduce our amazing guests, I made a bit of a boo-boo last week. I was talking about Mondelez, the food giant, and we were talking about cybersecurity insurance, but they actually didn't have cybersecurity insurance. They had property insurance. Oh, so they had insurance as Zurich, but not cyber insurance. So some of the machines, of course got damaged by the NotPetya virus. Yeah. And they are trying to claim that on their property insurance. Now, this is all according to a guru of the insurance world, Martin Overton. I spoke to him earlier today. I recorded that conversation, and I'm going to put it at the end of today's show. Ooh. So watch this space. And sorry, guys. Sorry, everybody. Thank you for that. And we'll, we'll look forward to that at the end of the show. And we're also joined this week by special guest Maria Vermasis. Hello, Maria. Hello. Oh, Maria. Now we can smile. Now all the bad stuff's out of the way. I'm happy to follow the errata. (laughs) Do you have anything to apologize for, Maria? Oh, don't even get me started. (laughs) Hold their podcast. I claimed last week that rugby was in Yorkshire, which got me a little bit of hate mail, and apparently it's in Warwickshire. Shame on uh, you. Probably on similar kind of level as the whole insurance thing, I would think. Much, much worse. Well, what have we got coming up on the show this week? Oh, we have a fun one this week. Um, How could you not have a fun one with Maria, the queen of comedy on the show? (laughs) What? (laughs) Now, Graham, you're hitting Tampa, Florida and delving into hacked Twitter accounts. Maria's going to talk us through her month off Facebook. Did she actually make it in the end? (laughs) Don't tell us to the very end of your story. And I'm talking about a sneaky, nasty scam lurking on LinkedIn. All this and more coming up on Smashing Security. 
So, 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 chaps, I have a strange story, and the further I looked into it, the weirder and more bizarre it became. The story begins last week. Bob Buckhorn is the mayor of Tampa, Florida. Okay. And he was away on a hunting trip in South Carolina, out of reach of of the internet, unable even to get a cell phone signal. He was enjoying the wilds. And uh, why shouldn't he be? Because he actually is aware that his term as mayor of Tampa is coming to an end and there will soon be elections for a brand new mayor. So he doesn't have much to worry about, does he? Um, okay. Um, I guess not. I guess he's going to think about putting his feet up and play some golf. Well, no, you're wrong, Carol. He does have a lot to worry about because his Twitter account got hacked while he was out on that hunting trip around about four o'clock in the morning, local time. Every hunter's Thursday. worst nightmare right there. Yeah. <laughs> is, is your advice going to be never leave your Twitter account ever? <laughs> that I can is, see where this is, is going. That is the policy addict. I've been taking for a while. Well, I know. <laughs> Now, when his account got hacked, the juvenile miscreant who uh, hacked his account changed his Twitter name from Bob Buckhorn to, uh, can you guess, change one of the letters. Robert? No. (laughs) (laughs) He changed it to Bob Cuckhorn. Uh, Could have been worse, of course. Did he do that? Are you trying to be polite? No, no, it was Cuckhorn. It wasn't Fob Buckhorn. It was Bob <laughs> Cuckhorn uh, is what his name got changed to. And his profile was replaced by one which said, City of Tampa's mayor, white supremacist, hater of oh. and hmm? And his avatar was switched to a version of the alt-right meme, Pepe the Frog. Oh, Yawn. Sigh. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, of course, when his Twitter account began to spew a series of racist, sexist, and, oh my goodness, disturbing messages. For instance, the Twitter account tweeted to Tampa Airport saying, I've hidden a bomb in a package somewhere. Looking forward to seeing some minorities die. Okay. Yeah. That's awful. I know, but part of me is thinking, as soon as you saw that coming from the mayor's Twitter account, you would know he was hacked. No? Well, Uh, (laughs) well, you never know nowadays. (laughs) I can see where you're coming from, Carol. You're thinking, why would a political figure in the United States use Twitter to spread some sexist, misogynist, or racist, or just truly bizarre? No one would dream of using Twitter. It's not a dig on Tampa because you're going to get some hate mail from Tampans. And that's probably not the right word. Another message came along saying, emergency alert, ballistic missile thread. I think they meant threat. Ooh, thread. Uh, rather than a thread <laughs> inbound <laughs> to Tampa Bay area. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. And another one said, City of Tampa staff, you're full of SJW whinge bags. Whinge w- bags? Are they are they not American? Whin- Americans, we don't say whinge. Oh, what do you say? It, oh, this is Can I just say, this is very good for my pick of the week. Note. Br- Note, breaking news! Yes. Breaking news! What are you? What are you onto here, Maria? They don't say whinge bags. We don't say whinge. We say wine. Exactly. Oh, maybe I wrote it down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. That's straight up fake news. Fake news fake from Russian news. security. Another news. another erratogram. That you're two I, to one. I, I, I hope the rest of it I've got the right. It continues saying time you. F- were brought down a peg or two. It'll be sweet victory when I bring my AK into your offices later today. Hashtag be warned. So can I ask, how far apart are these uh, messages? 
Well, these messages were being posted over the course of a few hours before anyone in Tampa woke up in some position of authority. Right. And the mayor, of course, he didn't have any internet connection. He didn't even have a cell phone signal. Does so he, he have a secretary? Or what's going on? Well, even if he did, Carole, there he is in the outback or whatever it's called, you know, hunting wildebeest or whatever, you know, people do when they go hunting. But, uh, you know, that, I suppose that clears his name of doing of doing it of himself. What are you out of range. What are you suggesting? Well, I'm just We've, saying if people are obviously confused that this could be actually him at the time by re- receiving it, I'm just thinking as soon as you saw that you'd say, okay, he's got hacked. I do, yeah, of course they would. But that doesn't mean that the threat is necessarily non-existent. It could be some, you know, some sort of Christian Slater True. style bad guy in a movie, okay. right? Who's okay. hacked into an account and he's using it as a platform to spread the message and spread concern. Okay. Now, some of these messages, I mean, th- th- those were just the messages I was comfortable mentioning. There were others which were much, much <laughs> no, worse. You sounded very comfortable with them. <laughs> Certainly so. Now, some of those tweets tagged other Twitter users. For instance, PewDiePie. Oh, for goodness sake. And Again a, with the PewDiePie. And a YouTuber and Redditor called Ice Poseidon, who I hadn't previously heard of, but appears to be I quite heard, yeah. a big deal. You know of him, do you, Yes, Carl? but I don't know why I know him, but I know that name. Well, he's no stranger to controversy. Back in April 2017, he was permanently banned from Twitch for instance, after he was swatted while actually on an American Airlines plane in Phoenix. Did you say you said swatted, not spotted? Yes, that's right. He was swatted. So swatting. Swatted on a plane. Yes, is when someone contacts the authorities and claims there's some madman in your house. They give the police your address and the police go around with weapons. Nice. Uh, because they assume it's going to be an incident. They have to err on the side of caution. That's not a boring day. And they rest you. Great. Uh, uh, this this sort of thing has happened to people like the founder of Mumsnet. It's happened to Brian Krebs. It's a trick which basically 15-year-old boys do against other YouTubers. And then they watch it live on stream. Because Ice Poseidon is a live streamer, right? He's all the time oh. posting messages on videos. And here I am on my plane in Phoenix. And then some nerd thinks it's really hilarious to call the police pretending that there's some kind of bomb threat and they called in under his name i've had enough of these motherfucking swats on this motherfucking plane said the movie <laughs> samuel l jackson swats on a plane swats yes, on okay. a plane <laughs> thank you that's the episode I... title <laughs> now, now ice poseidon he got banned from twitch because he was giving out his real address all the time making it too easy for folks to swat him he actually seemed to be quite enjoying it uh, in a way, he sort of reveled in the in the notoriety. He is getting probably more followers as this happens, which is why he may be making it easy to be swatted. Perhaps. It's a peculiar thing, though. And what do you think was happening as Mayor Bub... Bub? Buckhorn? <laughs> Mayor Bob Buckhorn's Twitter account was being hacked. Ice Poseidon was being swatted again. So he was being tagged in the messages and he was being swatted. Now, in response to this, he's made his Reddit community private. He's very active on Reddit. And you now have to ask to be allowed in. Presumably, he's keen for things to cool down a little bit. But it, it seemed strange coincidence that all these things were going on. And it's like that someone has a vendetta against him. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay, anyway. so you now have an itch and you're hoping our listeners are going to scratch it for you. Maybe, or maybe I just don't want to know at all. I'm not sure. Sometimes that happens with an itch as well, doesn't it? It's like, it's itchy there, but I don't really want to get the mirror out to go and have a look at see what's going on down there. What? Right? You're on your own on that one. 
But why why should anybody care about this stuff? What's the deal? So some dude got swatted. Yeah. Well, some dude got swatted and a politician got his Twitter account hacked as well. The mayor's election is due to take place on Tuesday, March the 5th, next Tuesday as oh. we record this. Okay. Bob Buckhorn says he doesn't care very much. He's not up for re-election, but he's involved with the authorities. The yeah, mayor's office should. say they've strengthened their defences to make it harder for hackers in future. But... What has become clear over the last few years is that many politicians and corporations are struggling to properly protect their social media accounts. And I think the reason is even though two-factor authentication is available, it doesn't work very well when you have multiple people looking after the account. Don't we know it? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because you don't all have access to the mobile phone, for instance, or your authenticator apps are out of sync. And so, you know, if you have to confirm your identity, it's really tricky. Now... I I think that some people have taken that challenge and they've decided, well, we just won't bother having two-factor authentication. It's too hard, right? And that's why these accounts keep on getting hacked or fished and people break through. Now, although Twitter doesn't make it terribly easy for teams to share an account, there is a feature on TweetDeck, which is owned by Twitter, which allows different users to share a team account. Yes, it's very handy. Right. You know about this. Cool. Yes. So with this Teams feature, you can have your own personal Twitter account, which has 2FA. And from that, you can have access to do various things with a a sort of team account as well. Mm -hmm. I've used that with clients before, and it's great. Right. Without having to share a password with other people. Mm -hmm. Good advice. So I'll put a link in the show notes, because I really think there's probably a lot of organizations which aren't using this. And it's going to be a better way to protect your Twitter account, whether it be from YouTubers or 14-year-old boys or swatters or whatever properly defend yourself, get strong passwords, get 2FA, and don't ignore these things just because you're trying to get multiple people to run your Twitter account. Yeah, I really doubt that mayor had anybody running his account but him, though. I I, I really doubt it. Perhaps not. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. It depends how old he is and how comfortable he is with Twitter. He is quite old. I've seen a number of people basically call it Tweeter. (laughs) If you're out there, you know who I'm talking about. Maria, what's your story for us this week? Well, um, last time I was on the podcast, so if you want to do the flashback sound. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's go, let's go back. Let's listen to what happened. Why not go cold turkey right now? Yeah, Maria. But maybe going cold turkey is too difficult. Maybe just, just like some folks are giving up drink, like roll or stopping smoking for a month, maybe there should be a month when everyone tries to get past without logging into Facebook. Yeah, just deactivate and see how long it takes you before you activate again. I am sure it is so slippery to reactivate. I'm sure all you're going to do is go to the pages. Boop, boop, No Facebook February. Make a commitment. (laughs) Interesting. Mm, Yeah. That's I I could try that. I could give that a shot. So last time I was on the podcast, you put a challenge to me to not use Facebook for a month and see what would happen. And uh, uh, I know, Carol, in the intro for this episode, you said I would reveal it at the end of my segment, but it's kind of impossible for me to talk about it without (laughs) revealing it up front. But still, um, any guesses on how it went from the two of you? Uh, You lasted three hours. No Facebook February. I think you probably did reasonably well, but you had to sometimes drop in. That, yeah. Actually, Graham, you're pretty much right on the money for that. So congratulations. <laughs> so my hope for the month was that by the end of the month, I'd be completely extricated. Like I'd, my account would mm-hmm. be deleted. I'd be done. I'd finally freed myself from this stupid site I keep 
can't seem to exit. And I actually did pretty well for myself. I didn't post a single update the whole month. Good. Me, not even a meme shit post, as per my use. Um, <laughs> I long ago I deleted the Facebook app off my phone, so that wasn't hard. I didn't have any phone app to check and didn't reinstall it or anything. That's a fantastic yeah. first step. I remember when we first talked about how to quit Facebook. That was one of your recommendations. Yeah. Get it off the a- phones. Good way to wean yourself off Huge. the habit, isn't it? Yeah. Honestly, that was probably the bigger step than trying no Facebook fab. That was much bigger, and, and this was practically a piece of cake. So my fear, Graham, as you noted and correctly predicted, was that outside forces would keep pulling me back in, kicking and screaming, and unfortunately, that is exactly what kept happening to my great annoyance. Mm. So I took some notes during Feb because I was... <laughs> Excellent. Well, done. I, I was I was really curious to see what exactly is happening to me. Why is this? Why are my efforts being thwarted at every freaking turn? <laughs> so, first week of February alone, I had to log back into Facebook because of a local political action group posting about efforts to save a local neighborhood farms down the street from me. A big deal, and all the notes about that are posted on Facebook nowhere else. That's very interesting because I've run into that before as well, and I've resisted so far. But that is local politics are always on Facebook. It's local Facebook. politics are always on Facebook. Yep. Second thing, local parent school group posting about updates about organizing mm-hmm. at city council meetings regarding controversial plans to build a new high school in our city. So again, more local politics. This is like local politics, school slash parent stuff. Number three was Community Art Coalition I'm a part of that was organizing and requiring RSVPs on Facebook to an event that was private. So you had to RSVP so they knew how many people to expect. And you had to do it through Facebook. That was the only thing they were using. Yeah. Um, Swines. Yep. And number four was friends messaging me on Facebook Messenger to comment on threads saying, commenting about my availability for lunch. And then f- neighbors messaging me about Commenting really, on your availability? On my like, availability Are, are they lunch. asking you or are they just going, oh, you don't look very available? <laughs> no, we're, we're basically saying, hey, let's meet up for lunch. These right. are three days that are available. I know there's things like Doodle, but my friends don't use them. They all use Facebook right. for this kind of stuff. So um, we've tried Doodle, and it just doesn't seem to work. And then I also had neighbors messaging me about uh, clothing swaps for, like, little children, that kind of thing. So neighborhood clothing swap stuff. So that was just in the first week of February alone. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the, then, th- the thought yeah. of swapping clothing might be something which actually draws me back to Facebook if I could get involved in a group like that. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. Be- <laughs> Who are you planning to invite to that close swap, Graham? <laughs> Dress up like Graham Cooley, everybody. <laughs> We're starting a swap for fashion security. <laughs> fashion security. <laughs> fashion security. That would be uh, a weird, weird segment. I- I'm in for that, though. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of naked fashion security episodes, no, uh, we're not doing that. Never mind. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, so all the all these <laughs> all these things in the first week of Facebook were all posted in private groups. Right. right. That that information isn't posted anywhere else. These are all run by volunteers, where it's important that organization is quick and that it has some modicum of gatekeeping and some sort yep. of uh, level of social trust that the person is who they say they are. Or we can reasonably trust that they are. We actually have some trolly neighbors uh, <laughs> that sometimes troll some stuff that we do. So we actually have to know who's joining. Yeah, some of these political things are kind of heated. I, I live in a town that's sort of divided politically, so there's actually an element of gatekeeping that's necessary. And for things like um, uh, marketplace type stuff or, or clothing swaps, which is very popular with parents of young kids, you want to know that the person that you're going to be like swapping things at their house is an actual real person and not it a creep. Better be Burberry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not in the town I live in. No. <laughs> 
So yeah, anonymity is explicitly right. not wanted. And and emails are just a pain in the ass to maintain and nobody wants to be like the mailer demon maintainer. <laughs> this is really interesting to me because these were all things that I never actually did on Facebook. I never joined groups or I was very just a lurker for a bit and I got off. But I yep. can now understand that, that those are difficult. Like how do you get around those barriers if you decide not to do Facebook? Yeah, you can't lurk. Fuck There's you, no- Mark Zuckerberg! <laughs> My thoughts, exactly! I I think particularly when, I mean, Maria, you've got a young child, and I remember that was something which actually brought me back to Facebook for a while, was I had a kid going to school, and I had to sort of know the other parents and things, so I wouldn't blank them all the time and not know whose kid was whose, and... Well, there was one situation where I... Has your kid quit school already? Well, no, no, no. There was one situation where I sort of kidnapped a child. It was an accident. I was taking someone... Totally reasonable. Yeah. This this child... Tell everyone. I had to to transport some children. I didn't know which child was which. One ended up in the car. He was a little bit enthusiastic. I was driving down the highway and... It turned out his parent was expecting to pick him up. Anyway, it was all fine. It was fine. This is going to be used but, as evidence but, in the deposition, you yes. know. I can't believe we're an adult. Just. Well, no, he said to me, "You're taking me. You're taking me back to your house." And I said, oh, "Okay, come on then." You took the word it. of a five-year-old, and, and so and <laughs> didn't didn't so, think of checking in with mom. No question. They, they all they don't lie s- at five, they, right? They Never. All, no, 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 no. I didn't no. eat any cookies. No. Nope. And, um, but anyway, that, that, that was one of the reasons why I was briefly back on, fa- I'm not on Facebook any longer, but, but it is difficult. And I think particularly for young parents who are exhausted anyway and trying to have a life outside of their four walls, Facebook is a bit of a lifeline in a way because everybody's there. There are events going on and you do begin to feel like you're missing out a bit, don't you? If, if you're not. Okay, what is this involved you? In is this you <laughs> pretending to be empathetic? I'm trying to be empathetic to Maria, yes. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. I, I was, I, when I was reflecting on my, how badly my month went, I was thinking, yeah, the time of my life right now is not helping. And admittedly, it's also because I like to be involved in real-life community things. Yeah. Mm. I don't attend like a religious organization where maybe I'd be seeing people in person. So online community tends to be what I rely on. Mm. Sure, I could not be involved in local politics or trying to save my local neighborhood farm, but these are things I actually care about. Right. Um, so if I, if I just said, you know, fuck the world... I'm just going to play video games all day uh, and just whatever in order to take out and well, never leave my house. And you wake I, up one morning, there's a bulldozer in your front garden about to smash your house down because you've missed out what the local uh, development On the council meetings, and the plans were very clearly posted. And <laughs> Guys, 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 are we, guys. Are we doing this? Because I'm totally in for I'm doing this. Okay. Guys. I, I, let Downstairs, me go get my towel. In no. the lavatory. <laughs> I got to go get my towel. Beware of the leopard. <laughs> Maria, isn't there another option, though? <laughs> Couldn't you just kind of wean them, educate them on the, you know, the problems with Facebook? It's like, it's not like these people aren't reading a paper and you can get them set up on something else. So I, I was actually at a meeting last Wednesday and it was, we were talking about how to RSVP to events. And when somebody said, how are we going to organize for this next event? Everybody got really quiet. Everybody looked at each other. Someone else said, Oh, Facebook. And the whole room groaned. Everyone went, oh, God, I hate Facebook. I really wish I wasn't on that stupid thing. But what's our alternative? Yeah, I know. I mean, it was literally like this whole conversation. And this is a bunch of artists, by the way, people who are not usually thinking about security stuff. They all hate it, too. And everybody feels the same way. Like, we're freaking stuck with this thing. Like, what's the better option? We could try to do email. Yes, that is a thing. But then somebody has to maintain an email list and nobody wants that responsibility. Google Plus. Google Plus. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
I can't completely deplatform myself, even though I've actually actively tried, unless I want to cut myself out of like real world communities that I'm a part of. And then it occurred to me as I was talking to my husband about this, he doesn't use Facebook anymore, but I'm sort of doing it for the two of us because these are community things that he also cares about. And I sort of relay the details to him. So I wonder how many folks, ahem, ahem, might have a spouse picking up the slack. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not, not in my Facebook. house. Not in my yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just throwing that one yep. out there. I think you're right, though. Because it's like somebody has to answer the phone, right? I don't want to do it, but somebody's got to do it. Otherwise, the phone's going to keep ringing. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Bad, bad analogy. Anyway, so I, for my own work, have been looking into alternative social media for a, a naked security article. And Graham, I know you know about Mastodon because you and I are both on an instance out there, the InfoSec instance. And yep. there are a number of interesting alternatives out there like Diaspora and a whole bunch of Mastodon instances. And they're very user-friendly, which is great. Mm-hmm. They, it's not like trying to tell somebody how to log into IRC, you know, which isn't the hardest thing, but grandma might have a hard time. Um, and they're not as confusing as maybe Second Life was. <laughs> you guys remember Second Life? Um, <clears throat> but I can't go to these meetings and say, hey, guys, let's log into a federated social media instance. Because when you look at, like, the top instances, have you guys looked at these things? No. Okay. They're, um, <laughs> how do I put this? People who are looking for a safe place for their CD interests <laughs> have Ooh. found a haven by making their own, uh, say, Mastodon instance. So I saw one of the top Mastodon instances, which over 10K users, had something to do with like baby bottles and diapers. And I thought maybe it was Ooh. like a new parent group, <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Um, and I really left that one quick. So I don't think I'm going to be recommending that one to the PTA parent. <laughs> you uh, know, years ago, I, years ago, I ran a personal website where I had a little photo gallery and there was a picture of me as a young boy um, eating an ice cream on a beach. And I had sort of ice cream smeared all over my face. And, and one day I noticed in my web stats that there was a third party website, which was dr- hot link into that image. So oh my God, I, I was paying for all of the bandwidth and it's yeah. something like, whoa, what's all this going on here? Mm. And um, when, when I checked out the URL that <laughs> was taking the image, it was a site called something like Boob Mania. Yeah. And um, I, I, I think it was, yes, there was some sort of <laughs> fetish sort of site ice cream they liked, eating yeah. children yes. oh my god i remember this i <laughs> want to remember this no, you're around you're around i was around yeah. oh my god i remember this discussion oh geez i totally blocked that from my mind but yeah i'm sorry yeah, i've brought it back to you now yes <laughs> i think i've seen the photo in question yeah, actually so, oh well yes i'll i'll post it up on twitter why <laughs> yes, not let someone else yeah, let's just do twitter that can pay for the bandwidth oh, this time oh my god <laughs> I'm so glad I opened that door. I'm so, so glad I brought that back up. Um, yeah, so TLDR, really frustrating month. Really frustrating. I'm still enmeshed. I, if I had deleted my account, I would have had to just re-up it within like a week anyway. I don't think Facebook would even get rid of my data if I told them to delete it. I've noticed a lot of people I know similarly deplatforming. I'm using that badly, but sort of backing away from it, not posting updates, just on occasion logging in saying, hey, it's been a month since I've been on Facebook. I'm just checking and I'm going back to not being on Facebook. That's sort of how a lot of folks I know are, are using it now, which is great, but it, we're not deleting our accounts, which is not so great. So, And meanwhile, you're creating a little world on Second Life where you're going to encourage <laughs> all of these people. <laughs> I can't so wait to know, see your avatar. You know Second Life is still around, right? It's still yeah. going strong. Okay, yeah. the furries love Second Life. It's a thing. <laughs> So, um, how do you know that, Maria? <laughs> oh, it's it's a well known thing. I'm not a furry. I let me quash that one right now. I am not a furry. I know my some husband's furries, a furry. I'm not a furry. Well, he's not. He's <laughs> wow. just no, no. He's not a furry. He's just furry. He's very furry. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He doesn't need an outfit. That's all I'm saying. 
All right. Well, I I couldn't conclude my segment without defending myself for having a a rotten time in no Facebook feb. So there's a link if you guys want through the show notes uh, by reporter Kashmir Hill, who tried to live uh, at least a day, if not several weeks without Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft and Apple products. (laughs) And, And she says of the experience and they quote, it was hell. So <laughs> maybe we could do a, a no civilization September for a future segment if we want to try and replicate that. Um, but I, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's really damn hard to do this kind of thing. Who knows? And, uh, you might maybe yeah. you'll try again next year, Maria, and get yourself you know wean off with just a little bit more. If if there's a stronger uh, if there's an alternative that people are willing to use, like if people are are saying, you know what, I'm willing to go back to email. What about AOL? Is AOL <laughs> still going? Are, are they still sending those CDs? CompuServe, <laughs> MySpace. Yeah, I feel like going backwards is not the solution here. <laughs> Carol, what's your story for us? Well, this is segues beautifully from Maria's story. Oh, it's like I planned it. Yeah. So (laughs) I want you both to fess up. Other than the people living in your household, how many people that you would call friends have you seen face-to-face in the last week? Oh. Mm. Do I have to give you a number? Because it's rather embarrassing. Maybe half a dozen. For real? Yeah. You have a half dozen friends? (laughs) (laughs) So acquaintances are we, are, are we counting week as in seven days or week as yeah. in since yeah okay uh maybe two <laughs> maybe two okay i'm yeah. gonna blame fa- i've seen about 10 so i'm i've decided because i'm not on facebook well, well done you've won Sue thank me. you Sue very me. much i feel like garbage <laughs> thanks yeah thanks thanks very much yeah I know say you went last and you get to choose a bigger number. In well, my defense, I'm an introvert, so I hate people. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Fuck off. I would say that a lot of people are hanging out less with friends because of all the digi stuff that we tend to do. Yeah, Netflix, honestly, is the... I blame everything on Netflix. Umbrella Academy is amazing, so is Russian Doll. Why do I need to leave the house? <laughs> Despite all these toys that we have, lots of people are feeling much more stressed out by just day-to-day life. Like, and one of those big problem areas is jobs, right? According to Forbes, half of US employees last year admitted to looking for a new job. That's a low number. You think? I thought I was finding that quite impressive, half. Of all employees. Oh, no, I think it's much higher than that. Oh, Way higher. Oh, yeah. Yep. And the fact is, is most of us are pretty lazy. Right, Graham? Like sloth level. What do you mean? Can't change the TV channel because I can't find the remote. <laughs> what do you mean, lazy? right, Graham? You know what I mean, right? And where do the lazy go to job hunt? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> it's the digital market where personalities go to die. I mean, honestly, it's where terms like leveraged idea showers... <laughs> Idea showers. Hard stop. Yep. Hard stop and 360 degree thinking are used without an iota of embarrassment. Terms that in any other context would give off a serious whiff of tosserdom. And that's a very serious medical condition. You've been to an American business uh, environment, right? Like, yeah, you know these terms get thrown around with without any f- shame. And then know? I okay. and then I swath my hand under my nose and I go, what is that? Oh, tosserdom. Tosserdom. That's what it is. <laughs> and America's going, smell of toss. <laughs> now, my guess is that if half US employees are admitting to looking for a job last year, we can basically say, yes, people are going on LinkedIn and they're looking for that, that great job, the one that says, hey, you're wasting your time at Company X. Come work here and you'll make more mm-hmm. money. We'll love you more, et cetera, et cetera. 
So imagine that you receive a LinkedIn invite from Bobette at Company Blah, and she says something like, hey, we at Blah have a cool position for you, and I think you'd be perfect for it, and the pay's better than where you are now, I'm sure of it. Let's connect, and I'll send you the deets. So what do you do? You connect. You hit connect. <laughs> right? I'd be quite wary. Did you say it's Loretta Bobbitt who'd sent me this request? <laughs> Bobbitt. I was. I put down Bob, and oh, I thought I see. it should be a girl, and I thought Bobbitt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now I think Graham, you would also say connect, wouldn't you? Because I think you famously told me many times, I just connect with everybody on LinkedIn. Just connect, connect. I do these days. Now, now, now I work for myself. Yes, I will just accept absolutely anybody. Oh, you're going to regret saying that. Well. Wrong! <laughs> you guys, wrong answer! <laughs> oh. You know what you just did? You just opened the door to a wily little fisher hell-bent on infecting your device with the more eggs malware. What? More on that mm. in a second. But this is how the fishers get their foot in the door. They basically need to become part of your network connection. Okay, that's step one. But you don't know this yet, right? You're kind of sitting there going, oh, I'm really excited to hear about this job. A few days go by and you don't mm -hmm. hear anything. And you're a little disappointed because you're kind of looking forward to it. But a week later, you get a message from your new connection and they say, hey, here's a link to the cool job description I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And when you press click, of course, the URL is a malicious one and it tries to initiate a download of, get this, a Microsoft Word file that requires macros. <laughs> macros! <laughs> it's the 90s uh. again. Just oh, like God. shoulder pads and sports slacks. It's coming back to haunt us. In my defense, <laughs> I accept I accept a LinkedIn invitation for anyone, but it doesn't mean that I read any of their messages whatsoever. Because <laughs> I do get a lot of junky messages. They just go straight in the trash Okay, camp. if someone in an infosec role opens up that link and goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to enable macros, they should get instantly <laughs> declined from that job. The recruiter should go, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. And I understand that, but they're not just focusing on the security guys, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Now, if you, of course, click on enabling macros, the more eggs malware will try and sneak onto your device as quiet as a little mouse, you know? E -e -e -e. <laughs> yeah. So more eggs. Basically, more <laughs> eggs is a, it's a lot of sugar I've had. More eggs. You're a more egg. <laughs> <laughs> I got Graham to chuckle. That was a good chuckle. All right. <laughs> he was so grumpy before we started, and look what you've done. When the moon hits your eye, it's a big pizza pie. That's a more egg. That's a more egg. <laughs> <That's a boring. laughs> oh, good. I love I it. We're gonna have to sing us out of the show tonight. <laughs> Okay, so basically Morgs is just a malicious backdoor, easy peasy, but what it does is if it gets installed, it can be used by the bad guys to install all kinds of other bad stuff on your machine, like maybe a keylogger one day or a ransomware the next. Now maybe, maybe if you were a little smart and you did a little digging before you added them as a connection or opening their attachment, you might have done some digging around, checking out, well, who is this company? And they actually did create websites and a little professional-looking logo to dupe you even further. Okay. So all this mm -hmm. research is from Proofpoint, uh, who are saying that large-scale spray-and-pray campaigns are no longer the thing du jour. So we're looking at much more targeted attacks, where they're spending a lot of time learning about what you do, what your interests are, so that they can kind of lure you out of your shell and into letting them join your network. Shell, more egg, yes. <laughs> um, this campaign is primarily targeted at U.S. Very companies. Good. 
but various industries are being targeted. So retail, entertainment, pharmacy. Mm. Oh, boy. So we need a bit of advice here for our listeners. Okay, good. So what do we think? So what, just lie on LinkedIn? <laughs> Don't enable macros in Word documents. Welcome to 1995. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's amazing, isn't oh, it? Oh, gosh. But, I mean, obviously, they could deliver it in ways other than uh, through a poisoned Word document using macros. There's, there's other tricks yeah, there's they could use. Yeah, there's different ways for sure. But, but I'm, I, I think the reason they're using macros is because maybe it's just fallen out of the press, right? And if you're, you know, I don't know, if you were 25, 30, you may not even know what a macro was. You may not even even... Had <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> right, Maria? <laughs> as, a, as a 25-year-old, I take offense <laughs> Human error is at the root of 95% of all security breaches. It's all too easy for any of us to make a mistake that lets hackers win. Download a free cybersecurity awareness training kit from Mimecast, which will help your staff learn about threats like data leaks, ransomware, business email compromising, vision, and much, much more. Grab it for yourself at smashingsecurity.com slash Mimecast. And thanks to Mimecast for supporting the show. Hey, what's your password for your email? Do you even know it? I don't. I trust LastPass Enterprise to remember it for me because it's so long, so complex, and so unique. I couldn't possibly remember all my passwords for all my accounts. Let LastPass Enterprise do the hard work for you because they take security seriously and they're really responsive. Check out LastPass Enterprise at lastpass.com slash smashing. On with the show. And welcome back. And you join us our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Definitely not this week. Well, mine definitely isn't security-related this week. Good. My pick of the week is something called Perfect Night In. and Netflix and chill? It is <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Prime and Sexy Time. Um, I've never heard that one. <laughs> ice cream and beer. Just the essentials. <laughs> Easily pleased. Is that a euphemism? No, ice cream and beer literally are just the essentials, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> If you go to perfectnightin.tv, you will discover a podcast and a kind of video as well, run by a guy called Neil Perryman. Now, Neil Perryman is a bit of a Doctor Who fan. That's how I know him. Uh He had a fantastic blog and series of books called Adventures with the Wife in Space, where he took Sue, (laughs) his long-suffering wife, on a long odyssey through every single episode of Doctor Who from 1963 Oh, good Lord. Really? She, and she, are they still and she, married? Yeah. Yes, yes. They've gone on to Bless Blake Seven even. Her. Wow. And, uh, and uh, she would write. Wow. They would write about each and every episode. And I used to religiously follow this blog, and it's now a series of books. Well, anyway, Neil's latest project is a podcast and kind of video called Perfect Night In, where they interview somebody uh, about their ideal night of television, which often revolves around old 1970s British TV shows like Colditz or The Tripods or Sandbaggers. And um, you could have just said to me, yeah, yeah, I was like, are those, that sounds like fake TV names to me, like names that you put as a placeholder 
for like real names will go here later. That does not well, sound... Way to go choosing your audience with two towers. Brits. Faulty Towers, <laughs> yeah, right? I've heard of You've that heard one. You've heard of Towers. I have heard of Farty uh, Towers, yes. So, <laughs> so that would be an example of uh, a show which someone chose. and or, or someone chose Hockey Night from Canada and things like that, right? Hockey anyway, Night from it's, Canada. It's generic, it's, generic hockey <laughs> Way to be racist, Graham, against Canadians. <laughs> anyway... We're unaffected. I find, <laughs> apart from the Canadian hockey sorry. thing, I find it really quite nostalgic and rather charming. Uh, the video is like a slideshow sometimes, so it will come up with different. So it's not a proper video. It's really a podcast in, with a video format as well. It's really enjoyable and I like it and I wanted to give it a little bit of airtime. And that is why my recommendation is Perfect Night In. Listeners, don't rush at the same time. We don't want to bring down the site. Hey, bitchy. <laughs> why is that bitchy? It'll stay up. It'll be all right. We have a lot of the listeners, Graham. I don't think you've checked the numbers recently. <laughs> Smashing security we are DDoS. Popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maria, what's your pick of the week? Well, my pick of the week is a game I have not been able to stop playing, and Ooh. it's going to sound very familiar to hopefully everybody. It's Tetris. Oh, I love Tetris. See, that's that you're talking now my language. Yes, yeah. and it's Tetris with a twist. Ooh. <laughs> so, um, it's the game is actually Tetris. The, no, the, <laughs> the, the game is called Tetris 99. It just came out a week or two ago. Right. Uh, it's for the Nintendo Switch platform. So, <gasps> oh, is it? yes, and is if you are a subscriber to the Switch Online yes. service, it is free. Uh, because is it, it? it requires, yes, it requires. Sorry, I'm going money. right yes, now. You, is- you finish off the podcast without me. <laughs> I, I sold Graham right. on it already. Yeah, so for anyone who hasn't heard about it, uh, run, don't walk to your Switch, basically. I agree with Graham. It's uh, online co-op Tetris, and it's super easy. You literally just play Tetris, but when you eliminate lines, they kind of get blasted to other players, and they build up them up from the bottom. Cool idea. So, yes, it's super. The, 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 the concept is very simple. It's If you know how to play Tetris, you can play this game. It is phenomenally fun. Um, I've been playing it nonstop since it came out. And like all of us who grew up on Tetris, which is so many of us, it's like we've yeah. been waiting our whole lives for a game like this. Competitive yeah. Tetris, you yeah. guys. Yeah. It's so fun. Can I have a problem? Great. I don't have yeah. a Switch. You need to bu- Okay, we've that been over this. Problem. You need to get a Switch. Graham. You really do. Graham, you're, you're my great. bud, right? Well, it's not your birthday for a while. Well, you, and you also were wrong about money. the LinkedIn approach, so you might want to say sorry. <laughs> and I know a way you could do it. Just saying. You should get a Switch. You, I can't believe your husband hasn't played Breath of the Wild yet. Well, he, he, might have, he may have played it. I don't know. Doesn't it's, a, it's not at it's my like house a, all the time. <laughs> it's like 100 plus hours to play Breath of the Wild. You can't like go over to a friend's house oh, right. in the afternoon. <laughs> How this much isn't, is it? It's not the 90s anymore, girl. You oh, can't just bring him back. <laughs> um, um, so why is it called Tetris 99, do you think? You're 99 of you. And oh. Yeah, it's super fun. I, I can't recommend it enough. It's like It's a great little time waster it takes no time to play and it's i just i'm addicted to it love it seriously could we hurry up because i want to finish the podcast and go <laughs> Graham, and download Graham, it Graham, <laughs> can i have an invite maybe to come play face facetime sure well, if you if you're on the switch presumably we could play against well each i could other. come over and play it first and decide you see yeah i showed you bertram fiddle okay. i can't believe that wasn't enough to get it was you to pretty buy a switch. Good, but i played it at my brother's i got i was at my brother's and i played the whole game there so i did that i don't I both of them 
I don't think there's a versus mode for Tetris 99. It's just literally you're, it's a group of 99 people, whoever are online, and that's it, and you're just competing Oh, like Splatoon or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can say, I want to specifically kill Carol, although that would be funny. And I actually kind of hope that happens, because then I I totally want to play against you two if that happens. That would be super fun. Um, but right kick now, his ass. I'm good at Tetris. That would be Smashing Security Plays Tetris. It'd be great. <laughs> we could take on the Cyberwire at Tetris. Ah, that would be so fun. <laughs> I'm really good at T-spins now, so, you know, it's the thing. T-spins? See, she has the lingo and everything. I only understand about 95% of what Maria says anyway. Crowell, have you got a pick of the week? She's way more. Yes, Yes. I do have a great pick of the week, and I've made it into a game. Okay. Now, this comes from my lovely friend and editor-in-chief at Naked Security, or rather, the person who took over at Naked Security from me, Anna. Hi, Anna. And this is going to be educational, but we want education to be fun, hence I've gamified it. So, back in 2016, UKers were asked by Ofcom on right. what their opinions were on certain bad words. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh no. That, yes. Is, there, is cockwomble? Hold, is, hold. Cockwomble? No. <laughs> cockwomble. Graham, I, I haven't forgotten you. Okay. There are 150 words on the list. These include general swear words. Okay? Words linked to race, ethnicity, gender, sexuality, body parts, health conditions, religious insults, and sexual references. Da, 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 da. This is da, so Anna. This game's yep. going to be so fun. There are four categories. One is right. mild. Two is medium, three is strong, and four right. is strongest. It's like how we okay. rate peppers in the States, yes. Mm. Okay, now there were 150 spicy. words that were, that were provided to the British public. This won't take long. Now, <laughs> I have chosen a few of them. Some right. of them were not in the list. I've thrown them in there. And you, right. first thing you have to do is say, yes, it was in the list, or no, it wasn't, for a point. Oh, my God. Right. I'm sweating. <laughs> the second thing you need to do is you have to say... Whether it's mild, medium, strong, or strongest, so one to four. Scale of one to four, with one being mild, four four. being strongest. Okay. Okay. I'm at a distinct disadvantage here. (laughs) That's why I said it was going to be educational for you. Oh, You're going to learn the words we use. Okay. Ready? (laughs) Da-da-da. Number one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Bint. Oh, I love that word. Bint. Is it on the list? Is it on the list? Oh, 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 that can't be on there. That's such a mild one. It's fairly mild, that. No, yes, I don't think so. Yes, it is on the list. Oh, it right. is on the list. It is on the list, Graham. You get a point. But it's a one. It's a one. It's not a fair. I, I agree. It's a one. You're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. It's oh, a number okay. two. Medium. It's a number two. Don't worry, we I have just, more. We have more. You'll get, I disagree you'll get the with the things. British public. Sorry. Yeah. We're getting a sense of their scale now. Okay. okay. Number two is feck. Uh, is this like smeg? Is that sort of like a F-E-C-K. red dwarfy swear? F-E-C-K. Okay. It is on the list. It is on the list. I don't think it's on the list. Is that really real? It is, it is on the list. Okay. It is on the yeah. list. Where is it? Yeah. One, uh, two, three, uh, or four. I would say, well, it's three. It is not strong. It is medium. Number two, just like bint. Oh, okay. Okay. What about gunt? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a medical condition. I don't think that's a real swear. Oh, no, it is. It, well, it's not a swear. <laughs> is it really? Can you explain it to her? It's... <laughs> I don't know if I really yes. understand what it is. Yes, Could you explain please, it? Please, please explain it's, this to me, Graham. I, I want to hear this. Go for it, man. It's a sort of portmanteau word, isn't it? Because it's <laughs> more ways than of, one. Okay, I, a, I can guess the second part of the portmanteau, but what's the first? The G. Gut. Gut is the first bit, I believe. Ew. Yeah. Gut. Gut. Ew. <laughs> okay. 
that's that's gross. Not not offensive, but like imaginative gross. Like oh, I think, swamp thingy. I think, I, I, well, I think that's a th- that's, that's got to be at least that's a like three. a three. Yeah, that's definitely a three. <clears throat> it's not in the list. Ah, uh, <laughs> you got us. <laughs> what about nonce? Oh, it's like Shakespearean, isn't it? That's <laughs> yeah, nonce, nonce would be on the list. Yeah, probably like a one though. Well, it's, it's ruder than bint. Is it? Do you think? Yeah. Oh, I would say so. School kids use that word all the time around here because we hear it when we study Shakespeare in high school and just think it sounds like dunce. So nobody knows what it means. <laughs> oh, well, maybe they don't know what it means. Yeah, we, maybe we uh, don't know what it means. Well, nonce is on the list and it is a one. Oh, okay. Well, we've got a few more. We've got a few more. Hey, We're doing I got great. a point. I'm just noting. Yeah, that. you're doing oh, yeah, great. I, got, I, oh my God. I hope someone's keeping school. Ginger. <laughs> all right. South also Park. pronounced ginger. No. Oh, okay. oh no! Like, I understand. H.R. You know. Giger? No, no. We're so not things sort of like David Caruso, Sarah Ferguson, kind of thing. Um, what? Okay. So someone with red hair. I know. Um, I know. With that. <laughs> not the, not the spice. Not the spice. Uh, a one. Yes. How did you? You, th- you knew it was going to be on the list. You really assumed it was going to be on the list. Oh yeah, I assumed it was going to be on the list. Yeah. Okay. Two more. Two more. Mm. Excellent work, guys. Two more. Beef curtains. Oh, <laughs> right, right. I don't think that's on the list. That's a great. This isn't on the. This is you, Carol. This You've is added this. on the list, and I'm oh. now going to prove it to you by giving you the link. Don't tell me it's a four. It's, it's not. It's a three. Are you serious? <laughs> Come on. Gunt is a whatever. Gunt, and is, that... Gunt isn't on there. That was a. That was okay, a whatever. Uh, it was a Gunt even. <laughs> <laughs> I've just given you the list. Okay. You guys right. can go take a quick look at the full list, but Beef Curtains is there as a new entry I don't believe at it. number three in 2016. Okay, let's see. Strong, strongest. Okay, I agree with those. Yep. Oh, yeah. The, the strongest ones are quite strong. Okay, some of these are only- you shocked mm. that Beef Curtains is there? Yes. I was shocked. And then I had my final one, Graham, which was Cockwomble. Your favorite is word. Is that on the list? No. It should, I mean, no, it's it's totally charming. It's used as an endearment. It would be a it would be a zero point <laughs> five, wouldn't it, if it were there? Now, if you out there would like to play this game with your adult friends, make sure the children are safely tucked into bed, and uh, check out the <laughs> link in the show notes. Enjoy my pick of the week. I think this would be fun as a sort of Bruce Forsyth higher lower kind of yes. game where you say one and the next one you have to guess whether it's higher or lower yes that, like hot or not you could do an app for it let's do right. it yeah and you could just yeah. swipe okay. left swipe TM, right if, TM 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 smashing spaghetti TM, uh, TM Graham Cluley actually <laughs> Krill no. TM Graham Cluley no no no. no 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 well on that um, very literary note uh, we're just about wrapping it up but don't forget after our closing music we have the extra special bonus interview where Krill is Kroll is going to talk cyber insurance with someone who knows about cyber insurance. Yeah, I get an education. Live on air. Maria, lots of folks want to follow you around, I'm sure, but you would rather that happened on social media rather than in real life. What's the best way for folks to do that? <laughs> yeah, I don't see people in real life, so don't even try it. Um, yeah, I'm. you can follow me on Twitter at mvarmazis. Have fun spelling that. <laughs> and you can follow us on Twitter at smashinsecurity. No G, Twitter wouldn't last to have a G. And also, why not follow us on Reddit? We have a subreddit up there. Quickest way to get there is go to smashingsecurity.com slash reddit and join in the conversation. Slap your hands together for this week's sponsors, LastPass and Mimecast. Their support helps us give you this show for free. And high five to all of you, our wonderful listeners. 
Yeah, thanks very much. And check out smashingsecurity.com for past episodes and the details of how to get in touch with us. Until next time, cheerio, bye-bye. Au revoir. Bye. 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 What is that from? thought it was worth including the phone call I had with Martin Overton earlier today. So here it is without further ado. Hi, hi, it's Carol. Thank you so much for doing this. So last week I did this story, as you know, and uh, you got in touch with me saying, hey, maybe there's a few things you need to clarify. And I've asked you to come on so that all our listeners can get it from the man in the know, the man in the know. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. So I was talking about Mondelez and I was talking about cybersecurity insurance and I was putting into question whether or not the Zurich insurance should have paid out. I was assuming, of course, that it was a cyber insurance policy, but I was wrong, wasn't I? Well, uh, all the details I have is that it was a property policy, which means normally buildings. Yeah. So, um, and those, those, they don't have what we call affirmative cover for cyber as a rule unless they're put in in the terms of conditions. So what normally happens is that, you know, let's say somebody's building burns down, they're covered. Yeah. Now, if somebody's hit by a cyber attack there, it depends on their policy details. If it's a, uh, a property policy, they're probably not going to be covered, especially if they're, it's seen as an act of war, which is what Zurich is saying. Okay. Exactly. So they're saying it's an act of war, um, and yep. therefore they don't need to pay out on the property insurance. Beca- and that's something that we've seen many times before. Indeed, yes. And, you know, so if it was like a terrorist act or an act of war, it wouldn't normally be covered. And we've seen that examples with that with, you know, the aviation industry where, you know, planes have been crashed. Um, and in some cases, they haven't paid out because they said, well, it was a terrorist on board or an act of war. That's quite normal. So the, the trouble is with, with a lot of policies out there at the moment, and companies believe they're covered under their property or their casualty policies because it's what we call silent cyber. So they assume there's some cyber coverage there. Now, it may or may not be there written as a, an extension to that particular policy. But really, the only way you're going to get paid out on normally on most of these policies is if you have a dedicated cyber policy. Right. I work for a large ins- a cyber insurer myself or a large insurer actually helping customers with cyber insurance. And I'm, I'm, you know, everyone I've actually been involved with We've seen massive payouts, though, so, you know, even with the likes of WannaCry, not Petcha, or other malware attacks or insider misuse or, you know, malware attacks, you know, ha- other t- types of hacks, they've all been paid out. Right. So from your point of view, the payouts are happening. What yep. I guess makes this case interesting is two things that I see. One is that uh, Mondelez are using a property policy uh, to, and they're, and they're trying to crowbar in a cyber incident, which normally wouldn't happen. But because NotPetya actually created physical damage to machines, they yep. feel like they can put that in, and they have a they have a fight on their hands. They have something to fight for. Uh, on the other hand, Zurich Insurance are saying, "Hey, look, it was an act of war. Sorry that your stuff, your property got damaged, but we don't have to cover that." Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing with this, this goes when this goes to court is. It's actually proving attribution. I know the UK government and the US government have actually said it's definitely Russia that's behind it. Yes. However, you know, Russia has put, uh, has said, no, it's not us. Right. Now, this is a problem with cyber attacks. 
you know, it's very easy to um, sow false flags in there or, you know, give, make it look like the attacks come from a different um, attacker. So it, it's very, very difficult. So and I, with the best one in the world, I think they're on a, a very, very sticky wicket here. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to find it very difficult to prove, you know, t- to the court's absolute certainty that it was definitely done by those, even though, you no, know, we've got intelligence agencies who are clearly saying it has been. It's it's going to be difficult. This will have repercussions. I'm sure it will have repercussions even for cyber insurers because some of the cyber insurers out there still have fairly limited um, wording, which means they actually have certain restrictions in place, where others actually have what we call quite broad coverage and broad wording, which is, is non-specific. So basically, we'll, we'll cover pretty much anything. It's a cyber attack with certain exceptions. Normally, it's around things what we call cyber crime. So let's say they have a a business email compromise where their their account details were stolen, but there was no hack involved with their infrastructure. So no, none of their infrastructure was actually hacked. Mm. That wouldn't be covered by a cyber policy. That would be covered by a crime policy instead. Right, right. But it may not allow them to, to recover the actual stolen funds. So let's say that I, I'm a bad guy and I've actually done a business email compromise. So I've taken over a transaction. Uh, hacked somebody's email, got, got somebody's email address, sent them an email saying, I'm sorry, but we changed our bank account. Please send the payment to here now mm-hmm. um, because you know that's where we moved it to. Okay. If they do that, that wouldn't be covered under a cyber policy unless the actual infrastructure was hacked. Right. So if you get duped, if you yeah. get duped by a social engineering tactic, no matter how advanced or not, it may fall outside the loop of their coverage. It would probably cover. It would, it would fall, normally fall outside of a cyber policy. That's why, from my understanding, with working in insurance for a number of years, it would be covered normally by a crime policy. However, that would not normally. It may not include the recovery or the the refunding of the stolen funds. Do you know? I got to tell you, I think I speak for a lot of us out there when we say insurance sounds just a little complicated. It is complicated. All we want, I know. Uh, and, to, and to be honest, the whole issue around silent cyber is a big one. Yeah. And, and the, the Prudential Regulation Authority has recently sent out a, a letter to all the major insurers, basically telling them to, to clean up their act in this area because it is a, a, a bit of a bombshell waiting to go off, really. So I wasn't then wrong at the end of last week's segment in saying, just read your policies very carefully, make sure it fits your model and it's covering what you expect it to cover. Indeed, you know, make sure it's fit for purpose. It's the same with anything else you buy. You know, if you buy a, a car, you expect it to work a particular way. You know, you don't. But you, let's say you buy a, a mini, you don't expect to go and take it off road and use it for rallying, etc. That's or right. Or going up sides of mountains or through streams. <laughs> so you make sure you buy what your script does. Don't expect to have fire insurance unless it explicitly says there is fire insurance. Yep. Got you. Martin Overton, thank you so much for first getting in touch. Uh, I'm always happy to be corrected. <laughs> We're a small team and we don't have the research uh, resources that I would love w- that we had. So thank you very much for being one of those cool citizens out there that get in touch and uh, came on the show just to give us a... Well, thanks for running a really nice show. I really enjoy actually listening to it. Ah, oh, boom. Boom. 